When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Blaze Radio Network. And now, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. Welcome to Chewing the Fat. I honestly don't know where to begin today. Because as I'm sitting here getting ready to start the show, I see a story about 75 people that were killed and dozens injured after a fuel truck exploded in Haiti. And, you know, you see those headlines, and it's a tragedy. It's horrible. But, I mean... I care, but I don't care. Oh, you, you can quote me on that. I care, but I don't care. So it's sad and horrible. But, I mean, we still have the missionaries that have been kidnapped and still are being held uh, against their will, I believe. We know that five of the 17 that were kidnapped in October have been released, and that's it. Uh, just amazing to me. But again, I mean, Haiti isn't necessarily a destination point these days. But the thing that surprised me about the story was that they claimed that the high death toll was partially due to onlookers scrambling to scoop up the spilled gas because when the fuel truck crashed, all the gasoline was pouring all over the place. So people were running to scoop up spilled gas and then the fuel ignited and next to smoldering trash. And then, you know, people lost their lives and got injured. So, I mean, that's where we're at in Haiti. I care. I do care. I don't really care. Welcome to Chewing the Fat. (laughs) Probably shouldn't have started there, but, you know, so be it. So, some of the cool footage we're getting back from the Parker Solar Probe, Touching the Sun, is a huge moment. And it's pretty remarkable to see the footage that this Parker Probe is giving us. Really cool. At one point, the Parker Solar Probe dipped, I love this story, dipped to just beneath 15 solar radar. It's about 6.5 million miles from the sun's surface. 6.5 million miles from the sun's surface. I'm guessing it's kind of warm. It transmitted a feature in the corona called the pseudo-streamer. Now, pseudo-streamers are massive structures that rise above the sun's surface and can be seen from Earth during solar eclipses. Passing through the pseudo-streamer is like flying into the eye of a storm. Inside the pseudo-streamer, the conditions quieted, particles slowed, and a number of switchbacks dropped, which is a dramatic change from the busy barrage of particles the spacecraft usually encounters in the solar wind. So for the first time, the spacecraft found itself in a region where the magnetic fields were strong enough to dominate the movement of particles there. These conditions are proof the spacecraft had passed the 
elven critical surface and entered the solar atmosphere where magnetic fields shape the movement of everything in the region. (laughs) It's just incredible. And now we have what are called switchbacks. Now, switchbacks are not really rare, but common in the solar wind. And we know that it's a process of, you know, linking magnetic fields in the solar atmosphere. So uh, we're getting footage back. It's really fascinating. We know that uh, I think the probe will continue again. It's a cycle uh, around the sun and through the solar flares. And then by 2025, we get the final approach. So, you know, where the final approach brings the parker solar probe to under four million miles away from the sun and uh that's when it gets just a tad bit hotter and uh we're gonna go ahead and lose the parker solar probe it's gonna be uh gonna be history now it's part of nasa's living with a star program to explore the aspects of the sun earth system that directly affect our life and society. So it's managed by the Goddard Space Flight Center in Greenbelt, Maryland, NASA's Science Mission uh, Directorate in Washington, the Johns Hopkins University Applied Physics Laboratory in Laurel, Maryland. They manage the Parker Solar Probe. Uh, they manage that mission for NASA, and they built and you know designed and operate the spacecraft. So, I mean, it's really cool. And if you get a chance to see the footage, it's fascinating. I, I, I love it. And, you know, we're going to learn more about our star. And hopefully that will lead us into, you know, what is happening to other stars in the solar system and beyond. And hopefully it will, you know, assist us in our space travels. I mean, we still obviously need to learn how to, you know, take off when it's not cloudy but until then we'll live with the footage we're getting back from the parker solar probe back here on earth we know that the government has warned companies and you know everyday citizens to be extra vigilant against online attacks especially now during the holidays because that's a apparently a popular time of the year for hackers to be be out there since we're all buying things online well we now know that a piece of faulty software called log4j has exposed major companies to over 1.2 million cyber attacks since last friday oh all right i mean we know that that makes it the one of the most wide-reaching security breaches ever and they don't even know if they can fix it if they can it'll take years to fix it's uh it's it's a log 4j software uh, it helps companies like amazon apple tesla ibm and twitter and good thing nobody uses those companies uh log and track user activity across all their applications so now cyber attackers are using it as a crowbar this is how it's being uh described a crowbar to break into computers so all the data, mine crypto. <laughs> I mean, your information is out there now. It's it's amazing. We've talked about it before that uh, you know companies admit to, oh yeah, we were hacked. There was only you know it was only 
It was only a few million. We're fine. We don't think sensitive data got out. Well, uh, that might be wrong because thanks to the software Log4j, uh, we know that, you know, all that sensitive data. Yeah, that's probably out there. <laughs> oh, uh, okay. No problem. So do we know that it's been breached? Yeah. You know, Microsoft said, yeah, um, with other companies are currently in their investigation mode. So we don't even know the full fallout. I would just say, you know, change your password. You do the best you can. Uh, it's not, this isn't an ad for ExpressVPN, but I mean, if you can use it and, and purchase their product, do it. Uh, it will help, uh, you know, change your passwords, keep an eye on all your accounts as best you can. Do the best you can. Because if our hackers are, you know, using a crowbar to get into these uh, software programs that all these companies are using to mine their data. And now the hackers are getting that data. Yeah, your information is out there. Good times. Good, good times. Good times at the end of 2021. I know. I know. And I should say that uh, they have created a patch to fix the issue. So, you know, the, the, whatever the flaw was, they've created a patch to fix the issue. Except that a lot of the engineers are saying, you know, uh, what probably happened, though, is once the hackers were inside, they probably made a couple other passageways. So, sure, we fixed that first patch issue, but we probably need to go back in there and take a look around and see if anything else happened. So, it's going to take forever uh, to get it fixed, if they ever do. So did you see the footage of the teachers on the ice <laughs> stuffing their shirts with dollar bills? <laughs> so at a South Dakota junior ice hockey game, 10 teachers out of 31 who applied competed in what they're calling the dystopian event, stuffing shirts with dollar bills. And some teachers got $376, some got $616. So they got on their hands and knees and there were $5,001 bills on this rug, this carpet. And it was, you know, go get as much money as you can in uh, the amount of time. So uh, the video went viral, millions of views, and people were unhappy. They called the event humiliating. It's the gamification of economic inequality, a la Squid Game, the dash for cash. It's making light of a bleak American reality, similar to the game show Paid Off. Um, well, Paid Off is a game show where contestants answer a bunch of questions and the winner gets uh, their student debt paid off. Now, I, I went and I looked uh, looked up how the game show is played. So if you win whatever debt you have, they give you the money to pay off your debt. You don't have to use the money to pay off your debt. Huh. You could use it for something else. Weird how that happens. And they, of course, you know, highlight in the first story that popped up, they highlight a story of a lady who came in second. And she only, she can't save properly because she has this amount of student debt piled up. But she won $3,000 at 
and came in second place. And she is able to, you know, at least help her family a little bit. Now, she still faced over $50,000 in debt. That was her choice. What she's doing to make a living now, if that's not enough to pay it off, I, I, sorry, I'm not going to feel bad about that. I, I just, it's hard for me to feel bad about that. Anyway, I, anyway, I've got to take it easy now. So, uh, the reality of this case, South Dakota ranks 50th in the nation for teacher pay. Well, it had, I mean, there wasn't really anything to do with teacher pay. They were supposed to take the money and use it for the classroom. I thought anyway, so, uh, people were pissed. And, uh, so, In a joint statement, the home team and the local mortgage lender that funded the event, of course, apologized and acknowledged that, you know what, it did seem degrading to the teaching profession. We're sorry. You know what? We'll give $500 to, uh, you know, an additional 500 to all the teachers involved. Uh, So the 10 teachers that were scooping around for money, whatever they got, they get that. Plus, they're going to get an extra 500. Plus, we're going to give $500 to the other 21 people who applied but didn't make the cut. So we're sorry. Yeah, we know. It didn't, you know, it didn't look that good. So there's that. I mean, there's good times. I, I really, I want to get in the Christmas spirit. I know we're close. We're at the Christmas break. We're getting close to the holidays. For those of you, you know, listening live, it's the 16th of December, 2021. And yet I'm finding it difficult because as I stated just a few moments ago, (laughs) like these teachers decided to do this, right? It was okay that they did it. But because the video went viral and some people didn't, like it now it looks bad and it's dystopian and we have to apologize and we're giving everybody money and it was just a a junior ice hockey game with with some fun and i just thought it would be fun to have teachers you know going for money as during between periods it's just weird that we it's just weird where we're at and i care but i i don't really care all right, let's go to the break room. <laughs> I need something cold to drink desperately. I do care about that. I need something cold, and it better be good. Oh. That is. So, did you see where Kraft is now saying, yeah, you know, we do have a cream cheese shortage. But you know what? We're going to we're going to use it as a marketing opportunity. So, I mean, is Kraft part of our <laughs> Who died today? Kraft cream cheese died today. Really? Yeah. That's Who died today? Kraft cream cheese died today. So, what they're doing is for a limited number of people they're going to get $20 on dessert, charge it to Kraft, and they're not. it has to be something other than a cheesecake. Oh, okay. Really? Yeah. People interested in the offer can visit the special website set up by Kraft on December 17th and December 18th, 2021. So if you're listening live, as I said earlier, it's the 16th. So tomorrow and Saturday, 
of 2021, 18,000 of the people who enter uh, are going to be able to nab the right to get reimbursement for a holiday trip. They'll be able to submit recipes to the company a few weeks later. Oh, that is so special. They're trying a way to soften the blow of empty cream cheese cells. You know, I just want to be clear. Now, I know that there's, you know, that obviously we can say, you know, Kraft is the best cream cheese, Philadelphia cream cheese. Okay. I'm with you on that. However, uh, there's plenty of other cream cheeses on the shelf. And there's no shortages there. So... I mean, I know, I know my refrigerator has uh, a couple of boxes of cream cheese in it. It ain't Philadelphia, sorry, but it is cream cheese. So according to Philadelphia cream cheese, they're investing millions of dollars. We're adding funds to help increase production capacity. We've even temporarily stopped making a very limited number of Philadelphia products so it can increase production of its more popular items. Oh. So it's good that they're figuring that out now. It only took how long? I mean, we've we've had stories for months that cream cheese was being shorted at the bagel shops in New York. But now we're just figuring out that, you know, we probably probably need to stop making the cream cheese, the soft cream cheese with onion and chives and just make the regular cream cheese. You know, the number one bestseller. Oh, yeah, that's okay. Anyway, you have a chance to have your dessert paid for by craft. I'm not sure what the special website is. Let's see if we can find it. Oh, here we go. Uh, Spreadthefeeling.com. If you can't spread Philly, spread the feeling. Isn't that special? Uh, You can go to uh, spreadthefeeling.com. You can't enter anything now, but uh, you come back at 12 noon on December 17th and you can start any. You can reserve uh, your space. Uh, Once the dessert reservation is confirmed with a unique one-time use link that is sent to you, do not share, buy any dessert with the dated receipt between 1217 and 1224. Starting on 1228 at 9 a.m. Eastern through 1159 p.m. Eastern on 1-4, use your unique link to submit your dessert receipt for your chance to receive a $20 digital reward. So if I have my reservation confirmed, then I should get my money. I don't like the for your chance to receive my $20 digital reward. If I have my reservation confirmed and I go buy stuff, I want my 20 bucks. Or my, you know, $18 that I spent on making a dessert that wasn't with cream cheese or wasn't with Philadelphia cream cheese. I mean, what if I make some kind of cream cheese dessert with, you know, Walmart cream cheese? (laughs) You're probably not getting your money back on that one. So I've had some stories I might as well get to. I've got some stories on Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck, Ben Affleck and Jennifer Garner. Another story about Holly Madison and Hugh Hefner, uh, Hilaria Baldwin and Alec Baldwin. I don't want the I don't want the gunshot there because I'm talking. <laughs> so we still have an ongoing deal that whenever I say his name, that uh, a gunshot needs to be fired. You know, speaking of that, just as a side, before we get into my new segment, who's on who. You know, Ben on Jen, Holly on Hugh, Hilaria on Alec. I didn't say his full name. 
he had his guy, he had his finger on his on the trigger too. But uh, I just want to say that I every so many shows now, I really pay attention to when guns are pointed at a human being, but really they're pointed at the camera and get fired. Uh, it does happen uh, all the time. So it's just, anyway, it's just really strange. So anyway, uh, who's on who? So uh, apparently we saw the video of Ben Affleck and Jennifer Garner. You know, Ben was all wound up with Jennifer and she did not look like a happy camper out on the street talking to Ben. And then we find out that uh, he had his movie canceled. Oh, no. What? Yes. Yeah, the uh, big movie that he was working on or putting together, Deep Water, featuring uh, one of his other ex-girlfriends, Anna Diamas, has been pulled. Yeah, you know, that's right. We, yeah, we just yanked it. No, I'm sorry. Not going to happen. Take care. You can go shop it somewhere else on some streaming service. But, uh, yeah, we're, oof, man, we are we are not going to do it here at Disney, okay? Yeah, okay, sorry. It's just the way it goes. So, anyway, after the big fight, then we see, you know, the next day, that news breaks. And Jen Garner is all happy and smile and going to her little workout class. And then we find out that uh, Ben does an interview and bad mouths Garner in the interview. I know he's on, he's on Stern. And he said, I'd still be drinking if I was married to her. <laughs> and he was just bad mouthing her. Well, come to find out, uh, JLo is all wound up at him, or at least that's what's being reported. That JLo is all wound up at Ben because they weren't supposed to be saying bad stuff about, uh, Jennifer and JLo apparently, you know, wanted the families to kind of, you know, mix a little bit, see the kids, share the kids, uh, you know, when they could. And that's not going to happen now, especially the way that he was talking to her in their fight a few days before that. <laughs> I know. So I don't know who's on who there, Ben on Jen or Jen on Ben, but uh, that's that's the case. Then we have another Holly Madison story on Hugh Hefner. This is pissing me off now. I told you yesterday, this will not stand. Uh, Hugh Hefner will not go down in history as a bad guy. Okay, I won't have it. I won't have it. He's an American dream dream. Okay. Now she wants you to believe that it was just terrible that she had sex with Hugh Hefner on the first night. She was invited to spend a night out and she was hoping to be invited to, you know, she wanted to go live in the Playboy Mansion because one of the Hefner's girlfriends had recently left. And I really know I didn't want them sexually, but I've got to be prepared. And they went to a party and they got all wasted. And then they went back to the mansion. And the next thing, you know, it was like somebody pushed Hugh on top of me and I had sex with him. And I just, I just didn't feel right. I was mortified and embarrassed. Were you? Were you? And so then she was horrified by the idea that others knew what happened. Were you, Holly? Were you? Uh, she was so horrified, in fact, that she goes on to say, I mean, okay, so I woke up the next morning and it was just a traumatic experience, but I went ahead and asked you if I could move into the mansion. 
So she was so horrified that she had slept with you Hefter and other people knew about it that she went ahead the next morning over coffee and said, you know, Hugh, why don't uh, I move into here into the mansion? And Hugh was like, okay. <laughs> so no, Holly, I'm not feeling bad for you. Okay. No, not going to happen and quit trying to besmirch the American dreams dream that is Hugh Hefner. I will not have it. And then we had uh, Hilaria uh, Baldwin. I guess that's how you say her name. I don't know. I don't know what nationality she's pretending to be this week, but she did a story about on her Instagram about how she had to shush Alec. I didn't say his full name. Uh, during the birth of their son, he sounded like an ass and coward. So I'm in the I'm in the hospital giving birth to my baby, the baby boy, and Alec is on the phone, and he's just saying uh, he was on the phone and he was he said to me, "Shush, can you keep it down?" <laughs> that is a perfect, a perfect story of the kind of guy Alec Baldwin is. Because for a lot of people, you'd think that it was a joke, right? If you're in the hospital, I was for all my children in the in the hospital for their birth, and it's awesome. It's a great experience, and if you have an opportunity to experience, you should. But, uh, you know, I can see where, uh, you know, I made a few, I, I may have made a few jokes to the doctors uh, during that time frame, but it wasn't real, right? And you know, you know that this douche, Alec, it wasn't was being serious because he was on the phone taking care of some kind of business. So what a dinglehead. So that's <laughs> so who's on who? Ben on Jen, Holly on Hugh, Hilaria on Alec. I I don't know. I don't know, but that's a it's kind of a new segment I put together just for you. So a couple of my favorite stories this past week. Um, Between 2014 and 2018, more than 300 mutilated cat carcasses were found on London streets. Yes, the media said we had, we had feline targeting serial killer on the loose. And the facts that the cats often had their heads or tails cut off the cleanliness of their wounds, many, many suspected human involvement. So, people at a veterinary college in the UK analyzed 32 of the mutilated cat carcasses found by the public between 2016 and 2018. The bodies were stored at the Metropolitan Police and they were, it was all part of their investigation. Researchers conducted post-mortem examinations on the cats as well as CT scans. They swabbed the cat's fur to test whether they could find DNA. <laughs> the police struggled to pinpoint a true killer of the cats because, well, all the carcasses were different. <laughs> there were 13 different combinations of missing body parts, so it was difficult to spot patterns. Then they tested DNA again. Huh. They also did more post-mortem examinations. 
revealing there was no single cause of death among the cats. They suspect 10 of the 32 cats were killed by foxes. Yeah, uh, eight probably died of, you know, natural causes, heart and lung failure. Half a dozen of them uh, probably hit by a car. (laughs) So there was no human feline mass murderer. (laughs) Yeah, you know, look, uh, the cats and tails and heads were chopped off because, you know, hey, that's what foxes do. They got weak jaws and they scavenge alone. So... Yeah, the lack of blood, that just meant that they were already dead. And so, you know, there's not a lot of bleeding after death. Hard to say how many foxes were involved, really. Eh, we don't know. Uh, you know, there, were cat- there was only a few probably that used cats for food. And it's on the edge of London, so, you know, it's probably because, you know, encroachments from humans and interactions. Uh, yeah, we'll figure it out. But uh, no, it was not humans at all. Just incredible. And uh, my other favorite story of the week. An employee at Dunkin' Donuts in Ohio received a surprise of a lifetime from a loyal customer. A fully furnished home. Uh, That's pretty sweet. And I will say that's really nice. It's just that I feel like, uh, no, it wasn't really done for the holidays. So Suzanne Burke. And Ebony Johnson's, this is the story. Uh, their friendship began at the drive through several years ago. So uh, really not much of a friendship, really. More as a everyday kind of, hey, how you doing uh, kind of relationship. Anyway, I go every morning. And Ebony has worked the drive through for three years. And really has provided amazing customer service. Then, <laughs> Burke realized, hey, what happened to Ebony? <laughs> uh, she's been gone for too long. And uh, she's the only one that knows how I like my coffee. And it's getting a little frustrating. Well, she found out Ebony's fallen on hard times. And her kids were evicted from their home. And so she, uh, you know, when she started experiencing this hardship... Um, she, you know, lost her home. She had a tough time. She couldn't work. So she, it was even falling on worse times. So Suzanne decided that I need to see if I can help Ebony out because, uh, you know, it's the holidays and it's the perfect time of year to feel like you're spreading joy and Ebony's happy. Uh, you know, she got a fully furnished home. Uh, kids can have a Merry Christmas, enjoy the rest of the holidays. I'm just so thankful we're back in our home. The Lord really looked out for me because I kept praying and saying, could be, could I be home before Christmas? And that is wonderful. That is, I, and I mean, I mean that from the bottom of my heart, that is wonderful, but I feel like it really wasn't because of the holidays. And Suzanne was in more interested in having Ebony back at the drive-thru window because uh, in the story it says, when I just wanted to see if I could help her just improve her life and the life of her kids and make sure that they had a stable house so that she could continue to provide the excellent service she does at Duncan. <laughs> there, I got your house, I got you some furniture, 
I got a place for your kids to live. And I get back to the drive-thru and get me some coffee, would you? Okay? <laughs> Merry Christmas, though. And, you know, I'm happy that it's the holidays and all. But I need my latte done properly. Okay? Oh, and be ready for Disney's uh, new Snow White remake, which will be great. You can bet on that. They said that this remake is going to update the classic story with a stronger narrative. Huh. What would that be? There haven't been any new ideas in Hollywood for quite some time, but when we talk about making Snow White with a stronger narrative, what does that mean? Is Snow White going to be trans? Is Snow White going to be uh, part of part of you know the BIPOC part of the LG? Well, I guess if she's trans, she is part of the LGBTQ. Or is the prince the prince going to be trans? Uh, who knows? I just it makes me really nervous when we start messing with these fairy tales that aren't real. Okay. <laughs> uh, and then they were just a, you know, just a classic old Disney movie, but we're going to remake them and have, uh, you know, have it wonderful. Like the live action version of beauty and the beast. Wasn't that great? And, uh, the Aladdin or Jasmine gets a much bigger backstory and the desire to run the city because that's, you know, that's for sure what would have happened. And so be ready for Snow White to be at least somewhere in the LGBTQ world. That's that's going to be the stronger narrative. And uh, I mean, I you know, maybe she'll I doubt that she'll be, you know, on the spectrum. <laughs> Snow White on the spectrum. That's what it could be. I don't know. I don't know what it's going to be. I just know that it's going to be have a stronger narrative. That makes me eh, a little concerned. A little concerned. And you know what I just found out too that pisses me off. I was looking forward to the, and I still am actually, looking forward to the next episode of Succession on HBO. Apparently this last week was the, was the season finale. I know I say no to that. No, it was a tremendous episode and I want the next episode because I know, I know who the leak is, who the bad guy is. I know, I know who it is. And if they don't make him the bad guy, I'm shutting that show down. Shut it down. So maybe they better start passing out vitamin D in New York. I see where the Broadway shows that were supposed to be open and running are closing down now due to the, you know, COVID cancellations. All these shows, uh, the numbers are going up way too high and we can't do shows. So we're just going to shut it down. Oh, all right. Good luck. God bless. I mean, I see where 40% of patients now. They claim 40% of patients who test positive for COVID-19 
are asymptomatic. Okay. I mean, that's a, that's from 95 different studies. So, and that doesn't even count the asymptomatic cases that go untested, right? That people don't even know, but shut it down, shut it down. And we see where some people are reporting the vitamin D deficiency uh, increases the spread of the disease. We've heard that before though. And there's plenty of Plenty of information that uh, leads you to the the vitamin issues. But I will say this. If you're on Twitter, say, and you follow me at JeffyJFR, uh, the new Twitter rules, the updated COVID-19 information policy. Uh, <laughs> okay, so here we go. Uh, we don't want any false or misleading information regarding the safety or science behind approved or authorized COVID-19 vaccines such as the vaccines will cause you to be sick, spread the virus, or would be more harmful than getting COVID-19. No, we're not having that. Tweets that incite fear or misrepresent the ingredients or contents of COVID-19 vaccines. We are not having that. Tweets that mischaracterize the nature and science behind mRNA vaccines and how they work. (laughs) Yeah, we're not having any of that. Tweets that claim... (laughs) Vaccines alter genetic code. We we will not have that. Tweets that misrepresent or misuse official reporting tools and statistics. Yeah, no, we will not have that. And false or misleading claims that people who have received the vaccine can spread or shed the virus or symptoms or immunity to unvaccinated people. The CDC has said you could do that. But don't say it on Twitter. Don't you dare say that. And, you know, more and more uh, NFL players are testing positive. Uh, NBA games are being canceled. Uh, We have soccer players having breathing issues on the field. It's almost as if, it's almost as if one could make the case that if you're fully vaccinated, So anyway, the uh, Southwest uh, CEO and the uh, American Airlines CEO said, uh, yeah, we're questioning the effectiveness of the mask mandates on the planes. Uh, Our air is fresh. We've got, I mean, that's what they've said all along. They redid their whole air systems and put in special filters and they put in HEPA plus filters and HEPA plus plus. And they said the air was the cleanest air you could breathe in the world. Something like that. And yet they're still doing this. Now, that's mandated, of course, from the FAA and, you know, our leaders, the great leaders they are. But the heads of the airlines are like, yeah, um, really? Uh, If you take a look, you're causing more problems than you're actually solving. So maybe you ought to just take it away. But no, we're not going to do that. Not right now. But it'll happen. It'll happen soon enough. And this story really is one of the most agonizing stories. And I don't understand the thinking. So a judge has held a hospital in contempt for refusing ivermectin to a COVID patient who's on a ventilator. And they were already under a court order to administer ivermectin. Oh, so she's been battling COVID since early October 63-year-old Northern Virginia woman became severely ill with COVID in October. She's been on a ventilator since November 3rd. She was prescribed ivermectin by her family doctor, but she couldn't complete the regimen upon being admitted to this hospital 
because the hospital said, no, we're, we're refusing to administer the drug, citing medical, legal, and practical concerns. Wow. So her son, who works at the hospital, begged the hospital administrator that the drug may save his mother's life and all other medical treatments have been exhausted. But the hospital continued to, I mean, they just continued to do it, to say, no, we're not doing it. So the, and again, Loudoun County, what a beautiful place to be these days. That place is on fire, man. Circuit Court Judge Jim Fisher, uh, as far as I know, no relation to me, agreed with the Davies family and ordered the hospital to administer the drug in compliance with the family's wishes and her personal doctor. They believe the fight between the rights of the hospital and the rights of the citizens, they feel their rights trump her rights. Oh, um, really? Yeah. So the hospital claimed that none of its doctors believe ivermectin is in Mrs. Davies' best interest and all have refused to prescribe. Isn't it interesting? Just let me stop for just a second. Isn't it interesting on all this time that we don't have a specific protocol set out for ivermectin from doctors? We have plenty of doctors around the country that are prescribing ivermectin to their patients with a different protocol. You know, each doctor has their own little different protocol. There has been no specific protocol set from uh, from the FDA. Uh, really strange how that's happened. And I'm sure that you know there aren't hospital chains that have their own uh, their own process, but it hasn't happened. Just but separate doctors have, and you know, so their excuse of not having a protocol is kind of ridiculous at this point. I mean, we're two years in, right? And even if you believe that it doesn't work, you've exhausted all other ways. All other things have not worked. Why not use that? Isn't that what you're supposed to do is to at least provide some assistance to your patient? So the judge ruled that, uh, hey, that's not state law and ordered the hospital to permit the administration of the drug in compliance with the family wishes. And he didn't rule on the medical merits of ivermectin as being effective treatment for COVID-19. He, you know, he just knew that all the other treatment options were exhausted and he sided with the family to at least try it, which I don't understand why doctors and hospitals won't at least try it. Even if they're standing up against the wall saying, we're not going to do it unless all other treatment options have been exhausted. So, I mean, the, the object is to not have the patient die. Isn't it, doctor? So still, after that, the hospital wouldn't do it. <laughs> it's just amazing. So they go back and the judge says, wait a second. No, you're going to do this. I'm going to hold you in contempt of court and you're going to administer this ivermectin or I'm going to impose a $10,000 fine, and it's going to be retroactive starting on December 9th. So you better hop sing on it. I believe that's actually what he wrote in the in the court order. And uh, so they, they still, they still wouldn't give it to her. Now, the judge gave the hospital until 9 p.m. on this last Monday to be the last Point until the fines are going to get started. So at 8.45 p.m., 
15 minutes before the time, I mean, they're still in the window, uh, they decided that they were going to give ivermectin to Kathleen Davies. Isn't that, it is fascinating to me. It's just unbelievable. Now, I don't know what the update is on Kathleen. We should know actually how she's doing by now. I mean, it's, uh, it's the end of the week. Let's see. I can't see anything. They It started on Monday, but I don't see the outcome of how she's doing and what's happening. It was supposed to be the protocol that they have from her doctor was twice a day and up to 10 days, and it could uh, extend past the 10 days if needed. Strange. And they the hospital was also using that her doctor didn't have privileges at their hospital, so that would uh, you know violate standard hospital practice. We'll give them privileges then. I mean, that's not... I just, it's such a weird thing. I don't understand the hatred for ivermectin. Now, if Merckmectin or Pfizermectin was available, I'm sure they'd be right on that. They'd be right on that. But ivermectin being, you know, dirt cheap doesn't make them any money. Anyway, it's just a really, really strange, really, really strange that we have such disdain, at least the medical community has, and not all I know, but most of the medical community has such disdain for ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine. And you, my personal belief is that if it will help your patients and you've exhausted all other ways, just why wouldn't you? Nope. Nope. Sorry. We're not going to do it. Just incredible. Just incredible. Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.